Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. You go ahead and turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts. I'm going to be preaching to you from Acts chapter 2 today. I've titled this message, Pentecost. God has more for you. Look to your neighbor and say, God has more for you. God has more for you. God has more for you. Let me explain to you what I'm talking about. Just imagine with me, if you will, that you've come to church today and you've already been blessed because you're in here with one another and fellowshipping with one another and you're encouraging one another. And then we're blessed because we're worshiping the Lord with anointed music and we, we just feel the presence of the Lord all around us and we're blessed. And then the service is over with and I say before you leave today, I'm just grateful that God has blessed you, but before you leave today, we're going to give everybody here a Cadillac today. We're going to give everybody here a Cadillac. Man, there'd be a line of people lined up from here out the door waiting for that Cadillac. Well, unless you're a Ford fan, I don't know. I don't know of anybody that's going to say, no, 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 I don't want that Cadillac. No, 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 I don't want it. You give it to somebody, I don't want it. No, everybody's going to say, give me what you got. I want more. I want more. And friend, God has more for you today too. He has more for you. And you know, I was thinking about it. Man, if we had a line... Uh, out there and we were giving away Cadillacs today, they'd be people waiting till midnight tonight. They'd be, listen, Christian people be knocking each other down in line trying to get ahead of each other. Christian folks. Because God has more. And God has more for each of us here today. And I want to share with you what God has laid on my heart. Today we celebrate Pentecost. Pentecost is on the calendar for the church for a lot of different reasons, but we celebrate Pentecost because it was the birth of of the church, the birth of the church. Now, what is Pentecost? Pentecost is a word that actually means 50, 50. Pentecost is a celebration, a festival that was held uh, every year for the Jews. There was three major festivals. And during those three major festivals, the Jews were required to go to Jerusalem and offer sacrifices. Well, the Pentecost festival, which was known as the first harvest or the first uh, fruit celebration was 50 days after the Passover celebration. You remember Passover uh, when the uh, people of God were exodus out of Egypt? Uh, God uh, told them in Leviticus there, you can read it, more of it, uh, how to celebrate Passover. And 50 days later, I want you to celebrate Pentecost. And that celebration of Pentecost was when they would bring their, their new grain or their harvest, and they would offer it up to God as an offering to Him. And that's what's happening here in Acts chapter 2. All these Jews have traveled from all different places to come to Jerusalem to celebrate the festival of Pentecost that was 50 days later uh, from Passover, and they're there to offer new grain and celebrate and give God offering. But this Pentecost was very significant than any other Pentecost that they had celebrated before. This Pentecost here was the coming of the Holy Spirit upon God's people. 
This was the coming of God's Spirit upon His people. And I want to read to you uh, this particular Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all, gathered, they were all together in one place. Well, who was they? They would be, if you would turn back in your Bible to Acts chapter 1 and read in verse 13, you'll see a whole list of names of those people that were there in that upper room. You'll see people like Peter. You'll see uh, James and John, the sons of thunder. You'll see more of the disciples. You'll see a list that actually shows some of the women. Jesus' mother Mary was actually there in the upper room. His brothers were there in the upper room. So when it says they, there was that group and there was all together 120 people in that room praying. And it says, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Say all. All. You want to know the Greek word for all? The Greek word for all is all. Say all. All, 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 everybody was filled, not just one or two, not just some of them, but all were filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's what happened. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So I've titled this message today, Pentecost, God has more for you. How sad it is. How sad it is today when God's people miss out on all of what God wants to do and accomplish in their life. I don't know about you, but I want all that God has for me. I want all that God has in store for me. How about you? Recently in my private prayer time, the Lord has been shifting me in different directions in my prayers. And and then a few weeks ago, I experienced something supernatural in my own life at a prayer conference in Falcon, North Carolina. And the Lord began to deal with me and my prayers began to shift and God was telling me, you know what? You need to begin to pray and just pray out of your life that God, I don't want to miss anything you got in store for me. Pray that you don't want your church to miss out on anything God has in store because God has more. And my prayers have been for myself, God, I know you have more. Just help me empty myself, God, because I don't want to miss out on what you want to do in my life. And I don't want this church to miss out on what God wants to do. I don't want you to miss out on what God has for your life because God has more for you. What a tragedy. What a tragedy In the church, when God's people come to church, and I call it riding the religious carousel, you come in week after week, month after month, year after year, and you're up and down, riding the merry-go-round, and there's lights, and, and you're getting entertained, and you come, and it's good that day, and I'm blessed that day. But how tragic it is that you miss what God fully has in store for you, that we never experience what God really wants because God has more. And as we celebrate today, Pentecost, I want us to focus on what God has for you spiritually. Specifically, I want to talk to you about how God wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. God wants to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I declare to you today from God's Word that God has a plan for your life. Can I get an amen? God has a plan for your life. God has a plan to save you. It's not God's will that any man shall perish, but everyone come unto repentance and they would be forgiven of their sins and they would be saved so they can go to heaven. That's God's plan for your life. 
God wants you to be saved. That's why he sent his son Jesus Christ who took on flesh and come to this earth and walked sinless and was the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's why he lifted up Jesus on the cross to be crucified. That's why he raised him back to life from the grave so we can live forever too and our sins can be forgiven. There's a plan for you to be saved. There's also a plan for you to be set apart for God's use. God wants to sanctify you. There's a plan that God wants to uh, remove the power of the sin nature in your life where you can walk a life that is holy and pleasing to God. You don't have to keep going back to that same old stuff and doing those same old things. God has a plan for you to walk in purity and to walk in holiness and to walk like Paul, aiming to please God with your life. That's God's plan for you. God also has a plan that we read in the scriptures that tells us that he wants to baptize us. He wants to baptize everyone with his Holy Spirit. He has more for you. God has more for you. I know some of you are thinking right now, this is probably the first time you've heard that God actually has another experience for me besides salvation. Listen, some of you are saying right now, well, I am saved and I'm on my way to heaven. How could God have more for me than that? Let me just tell you, here recently in my own personal Bible study, I'm reading through the New Testament, but I'm focused on the Gospels right now. And the Lord has shown me that, just think about this for a minute. For three and a half years, the disciples of Christ walked with Jesus every day. They had become followers of Jesus. They were saved and on their way to heaven, but Jesus was telling him that he has something more for them. He says, I got something more for you. I want you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And if the disciples of Jesus Christ needed to be baptized with the Holy Spirit to carry out the plan and the assignment that God had for them, how much more today does God's people need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit so we can carry out the plan of God for our lives? We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need that power in our life. Listen, on the day of Pentecost... When the Holy Spirit came upon them, there was a lot of people around that day, and they declared, some of, the, they, some of them said they were drunk. They're drunk on wine at 9 o'clock in the morning, and Peter rebuked that. Listen, there's going to be people that are going to mock the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be people that deny the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I know groups right now that are involved in churches and and they're saying today in these church conferences and don't get me wrong friend i'm all for learning i'm all for training but there's these people out here in some of these groups that say there's no need for the baptism of the holy spirit this group focuses on growing the church through a, a business model or through marketing strategy and Paul said this to Timothy. He says, in the last days, there's going to be some people out there, Timothy, and they got a form of godliness, but they're denying its power. He says, have nothing to do with them. Listen, church, without the power of the Holy Spirit working through us, there's going to be a day when all of our works are going to be revealed. And if it's found out that they're revealed because of our human effort and our own human will, those works are going to be burned up. The only work that's going to last is the work of the Holy Spirit. And there's some groups out there today that are teaching that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is something that happened in the early church and it stopped there at the early church. They're called cessationists. Let me just say this. If, if that's the case, if, if they believe that the Holy Spirit stopped working on Acts chapter 2 in the Bible and He no longer works now, then why are we even here today? Why, why are we even gathered around this altar at times praying for souls to be saved? 
If the Holy Spirit's not working, why are we even praying that people that are injured and sick, why are we praying that they would be healed? Why are we praying that people would be freed from demonic oppression? Why are we praying if we believe the Holy Spirit's dead? He's not dead. He's alive. He's alive. I don't see how anyone, and I'd be willing to challenge anybody, you open up your Bibles. I don't see how anybody can read their Bible and say that God does not want you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit today. There's a plan that God has for you, and that's for you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And you can open up your Bible, and you can look in the gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Every gospel. If it's, listen, if God said it four times, don't you think he meant it? Amen. I know if my mama said it four times, she already had the belt out. <laughs> he, look, four times it's mentioned in the gospels when John the Baptist, just think about this, when he would introduce Jesus... He would say, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then he would say this. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. In other words, he was saying this. That Jesus has come to be your Savior, but also Jesus has come to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And we need that baptism today. God has more. He has more for us. And that's just John the Baptist. Listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus himself said these words right before he ascended back up to heaven after his resurrection. You remember that? He'd been crucified. He had been resurrected. And he made appearances to his followers at different times. And on this last occasion, right before he was going to send back up into heaven, he says these words. These are the last words that Jesus said. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Say gift. Wait for the gift that my father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then he says, here's the reason why you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Because you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to ends of the earth. Friend, it's all about being a witness for Jesus Christ. Baptism in the Holy Spirit is not about, oh, I've spoken tongues, or uh, I pray louder, or I'm, I'm this, or I'm that. Friend, listen, being baptized with the Holy Spirit is all about being a witness for Jesus Christ. So you can glorify him. And God's plan is for you to receive that power. Power from God to be a witness. That word power that I mentioned to you in that scripture, it means dunamis in the Greek, which means dynamite. They didn't have dynamite back then, but that's the word they used that actually means ability. God wants to give you an anointing over your life to give you an ability outside of yourself to carry out the assignment that God has planned for your life. God wants to give you the ability. God wants to give you the anointing. But it comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God has a plan to take your life and use it for His glory. God has something more for you. Here's the problem, though. The problem is we settle for less. We settle for less. We're, we're content with being less. I'm content. I'm just as happy as I can be. I, I, I'm saved and on my way to heaven. I'm content with that. And then I wonder in my mind with the people I see and the people I meet, especially Christians who walk around today the, and they walk around, woe is me. 
Woe is me. Woe is me. My, my faith is wavering. I'm barely hanging on to Jesus until he comes back. Woe is me. And we wonder why we don't have any impact in our world today. We wonder why Christians don't have any impact at their job or at their school or at their work or wherever they are. Friend, listen to me today, man. I know things are tough. I know things get rough. But you know what? I've been bought with a high price, friend. Jesus is my king. He's Lord. Things get rough. Things get tough. But my head is up because I am a child of God. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm serving King Jesus. I don't care what happens because I'm on my way to heaven. Hallelujah. I'm not going to walk around. Whoa, with me. No, I got a joy. The Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord. My face might not show, but I can promise you the joy is in my heart, friend. The joy of God is in my heart. And I say, thank you, Jesus. You see, God will give you the power. The power to be able to stand strong against the enemy, over the devil and all the demons from hell. Friend, you have authority through the power of God in your life operating today. But we need His power. And if you're saved... And if you're washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, God has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And he wants you to be a light in this world. But friend, listen to me. Your light won't cut it. Your, your light's going to go around in the world and flicker in and out. But when you got the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, your light's going to shine bright and people are going to be attracted to you. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. We need his power. Just imagine with me, if you will, at this time. Just kind of picture your kitchen and all the appliances in your house. Now, we don't have a stove or a microwave at our house. Don't tell Lisa I said that. Just imagine all the appliances that you have at your house, the refrigerator, the stove, the microwave, the toaster, the can opener. Friend, none of that is any good at all. It has no use if there's not some kind of outsource of power coming into your house to energize it. And all of it, it looks different, it has a different function, but it's no good unless there's a power source coming in. And it's the same way for God's people today. We're all different, we all have different functions, but we're no good at all unless the power of the Holy Spirit is operating in our life. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? Praise God. Jesus said this. He said, I will ask the Father and He will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit he's talking about will be in you. Paul said these words, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that the Spirit of God, guess what, lives in you. The Holy Spirit wants to live in you. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you. But We have to be a vessel that God can pour into we have to empty ourselves so God can pour into us. And the disciples of Jesus Christ, those men were up in that upper room and those ladies were all gathered together and they were in there praying. And you know what they were doing? They were waiting on the Lord and they were emptying themselves so the Holy Spirit could pour into them. And friend, we're vessels today and we need to empty ourselves so we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's the main problem why people are not baptized in the Holy Spirit because we don't want to empty ourselves we want to hang on to ourselves we want to hang on to our pride we want to hang on to our issues we want to hang on to that bitterness we want to hang on to that unforgiveness friend you have to empty yourself so the Holy Spirit can come in and fill you 
You must wake up every day. Listen to me, church. You need to wake up every day and pray a prayer of submission over your life. Today, Lord, I give you glory for who you are. And you know who I am. And God, I mess it up all the time. But today, I surrender. I submit my life to you. God, have your way in my life so you can work through me today. A prayer of submission. And when the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes in you, he will empower you. He will control you. He will lead you. He will anoint you to be a witness for his glory. You see, God has a plan for your life to accomplish some great things through you. But here's what's going to have to happen. The Holy Spirit is going to have to turn you into somebody else so you can go out and turn your world upside down for Jesus. Jeff can't do it. You can't do it. The only person that can do it is the person of the Holy Spirit. And he has to turn, our, turn us into somebody else, an anointing over our life, so he can get the glory as the assignments are accomplished. I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but growing up, I was very shy. I hated to be around large crowds, and God forbid you ask me to speak in front of anybody. My high school football coach, some of y'all might remember him, Coach Saint Man, he was one of the coaches, told me one time in front of the team, he, son, do you, he said, son, do you ever talk? How many of y'all ever heard of the school of uh, the death in Wilson? I don't even think it's there anymore, but it used to be a school of the death in Wilson. He said, son, you could play for the school of the death. One time, I remember I had to stand in front of the uh, student body. You're not going to believe this either. I got the citizenship award. I don't even know how that happened. And I remember standing there in front of everybody, and my bottom lip was just a jumping, son, just trembling. In college... You can ask my wife if I had a presentation to do where I had to uh, make an oral presentation. Uh, the teacher would give us the uh, choice. You can either stand in front of the class and do it. You can take a zero or you can video it and put it on a tape and you can play it through the television. I always had Lisa video me so I could turn the tape in and I received a lesser grade. But I didn't want to stand in front of nobody. In April 2002, I got saved. Started coming to this church and walking with Jesus daily. I knew there was something more that Jesus wanted to do in my life. I began to seek Jesus. I won't seek in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I won't seek in anything. All I wanted was more of Jesus. And I was seeking Jesus. And I was emptying myself of my desires and my plans. And I remember one night at my house, I was emptying myself to the Lord. And Jesus called me to preach the gospel. Amen. Friend, let me just tell you something. I never grew up wanting to be a preacher. Never. Why in the world would I have a desire to want to stand in front of people and have to talk in front of people? It's nothing I've ever wanted to do, but God will take you and anoint you and use you in ways He wants to use you. You see, during that time of wrestling with my calling, I was at the altar one Sunday morning, right over here. And while I was praying and emptying myself, Jesus baptized me with His Holy Spirit. And I began to open my mouth. And when I opened my mouth, I opened my mouth and began to speak. And when I was speaking, it was an unknown language. An unknown language of worship. An unknown language of praise. It was a heavenly language giving God all the glory and letting Him know that I was fully surrendered to whatever He wanted to do in my life. Amen. Praise God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus saw that I didn't have what it was going to take to carry out the assignment, but He had what I needed. He had what I needed and he began to give it to me and it was through the Holy Spirit and fire and I was baptized and my life 
changed. From that day when I got up from the altar seeking Jesus and after I was baptized with the Holy Spirit, my life changed. I walked in with boldness and walked in with courage. Now you can't shut me up. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, now I don't even care what people think. My heart right now is to obey God, not man. And it's all because of Jesus Christ through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now God is using, he's using vessels every day that are fully emptied and completely surrendered to him. And I tell you that, friend, because listen, it's not by my might, it's not by my power, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he can do the same thing for you in your life today, friend. He can fill you with his Holy Spirit and use you for his glory. I'm only up here today because the Holy Spirit has put an anointing over my life, put gifts inside of me so he can use me for his glory, and he can do the same thing for you. It says that everybody in that room was filled. He said you'll receive power. It doesn't matter if you're schooled. It doesn't matter if you're unschooled. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter whether you're a woman or a man. If you will just empty yourself before the Lord Jesus Christ, He will fill you with His Holy Spirit. He can take your life and turn it around to be an anointed blessing for God. Look at Peter. Peter goes into the upper room. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He comes out on the other side and he preaches a message and 3,000 people are saved. And people began to mock them and tell them that they're drunk. And Peter says, no, 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 no. What you see and what you hear was spoken from the prophet Joel when he said this. In the last days, God will pour out his spirit. He will pour out his spirit upon all people. Say all. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Friend, there's a latter day and we're in it right now. It's the last days and it's a dark day, but I got some good news for you today. God is pouring out his spirit upon his people today. He's pouring his spirit out to anoint us to be used for his glory. He's anointing us today. He's anointing us so we can be soul winners. He's a, he wants to anoint your life, friend, so you can be used by God. He wants to anoint you so when you go up to somebody and pray with them, there's something that really happens supernaturally. He, he wants to anoint you so when you go to work tomorrow and that uh, coworker comes up to you or that friend comes up to you and they're going through one of the battles of their life and instead of you trying to think of something you read in Reader's Digest, the Holy Spirit will put something inside of you and you can give them a word that's anointed that will lift them up and cause them to want more of Jesus. It's the anointing of God over your life that we all need. That God will make us into soul winners so we can be used for His glory. If you let the Holy Spirit come into your life, He will lead you, and He will guide you, and He will direct your steps. Listen, just a few days ago, in prayer time on a Monday morning, I fell down on my knees and on my face, and I began to cry out to God and just say, God, I want to be used by you. I fully surrender everything to you. Will you please use me? I got in my car after my prayer time, was headed to, to a church here in Mount Olive, by the way, I stay in the big city of Clipso. And on my way to Mount Olive, the Lord had already directed me. He says, here's what I want you to do, son. When you get in your car, I want you to go by every house that you see. And I want you just to begin to pray over those homes. And if there's the people in them, that their hearts would be awakened to the love of God. They would be in a spiritual awakening to happen in every one of those homes. And these people would fall in love with Jesus. And an awakening and revival would come to this community. 
So as I'm going down the road and I had my eyes open, praise the Lord, I'm praying. I'm praying over the houses I pass by. I'm praying that God would just stir their hearts in there to draw near to him. And as I pass by one house, I see this, this older man stepping out of his home and he's walking toward his barn and his yard. And when I went by there, the, the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go and pray for that man. Amen. And you know what I did? I kept right on going. I kept right on going. And I kept right on going. I had that Camry in the wind. I said, no, Lord, you just didn't say that. And I got a little bit further down the road and, and the Holy Spirit said, you know what? You were just on your knees and on your face a while ago and you were crying out that you were fully surrendered. And whatever I wanted to do in your life, you would do it. Now look at you. That's when I put the turn signal on. I got about to Old Smith Chapel Road. I turned the car around, come back down the highway, pulled up into this man's yard, went straight to his barn. He came out and met me, and I said, Sir, I introduced myself. I'm not here. I want you to know something. I'm not weird. I'm not a freak. I said, but I came by your house, and I saw you walking out of your house to your barn, and the, and the Lord told me to come and pray for you. Is there anything that I can pray for you about? He said, Sir... Me and my wife are going through a divorce right now. And I told him, I said, sir, I am just as sorry as I can be. I said, but God can put it all back together. God can restore it. He's done things for me. He can put things back together in your life if we'll just trust him. I said, but first and foremost is, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And he said, sir, I'm a believer. My faith is in Christ, and I believed him. And I took out my anointing oil, and I prayed an anointing over that man, and I left on my car and went down the road and come on to church. But you know what, friend? That won't me. That won't me. That was the Holy Spirit working. That was the Holy Spirit working. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will direct you if you let him come in and fill you so he can be used for his glory. Amen. Amen. Pastor Kevin, if you'll come. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. For you to yield yourself to Him completely. To be empty to Him so He can fill you with His power. He wants to fill you. He has more for you. I'm thankful as I can be today that every one of you are saved and on your way to heaven. But God has more for you. He has more for you, friend. Listen, you don't have to walk around in this life right now defeated and depleted and discouraged all the time. You can have the joy of the Lord in your life because you're full of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I, I, I'm guilty of this and I've been there at times in my life, but I, man, I want to have the power of God. I, I want His power operating in my life. I want more of Him every day. And I don't want to just be some old casual guy that just... Well, yeah, I'm, I'm saying on my way to heaven. No, I want God to use me. I want God to use me. And let it be all for His glory. We, we have times in our lives where people will come up to us and I'm just talking from experience. And they'll say things like, you know, I'm, I'm going through a battle. Will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? And when we, we'll do this right here. Yeah, we'll, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Yeah, I'll pray for you. And then we don't even do anything. Or if we do pray, there's no power. There's no authority to it. We just kind of whisper a little something right there on the spot. But we don't really just take time and, and take the anointing all out and pray over them. And let them know God is working. God is going to change it. God is going to work it out. Trust Him. Believe on Him. Stand on His promises and let the anointing flow in that prayer. You know, sometimes we just say, I'll, I'll pray for you. And then when we see the person again, you just say, oh, yeah, I've been praying for you when you really hadn't. 
You ain't got to raise your hand. That's not the life that God has for us. God has something more for us. He wants you when you're walking through work and when you're walking through school and you're walking through your home that you'll be so full of the Holy Spirit. There'll be an anointing over your life and people will be attracted to you because of what God is doing in you and through you. But it's not going to happen because you're trying to work it up. It's only going to happen when you empty yourself. When you empty yourself and you allow the Holy Spirit to baptize you. To give you that power that you need. We, we, we wonder why churches are closing. We wonder why there's no move of God around the altar anymore. God forbid that happen here. God forbid they be a form of godliness without the power. Let there be power. You know, Wednesday night we prayed around this altar, believing God to move. And before we could get out of church, good, one of the prayers had already been answered. God had healed a lady. Yeah, God, give him the glory. People on our prayer list that are lost and away from God, we're praying for them and we're seeing them come to salvation because God is working. All for his glory through individuals who are surrendered in empty vessels. Listen. You can't do it on your own. There's not a program that we can offer in the church or a system that we can offer, not a training we can go through, friend. It's only going to come through the anointing of God. And that means we need to be baptized with His Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me, please? I want you to please just take a minute and, and, and just focus this way. Because this is where it all happens out here, friend. I can understand there's probably some of you today that's never even heard about the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And that's great. That's fine. You're probably one of the ones that's most receptive receiving it. But I want to tell you something. Many of you are probably asking, how do I receive? How do I receive? How do I receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you how you receive it. Here's what Jesus said. <clears throat> if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who, guess what, ask Him? How much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So friend, if you want to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit, it begins with you emptying yourself and begins with you asking in faith, asking in faith for Jesus, the baptizer with the Holy Spirit and fire, to baptize you so you can have the power that you need to fulfill the plan and the assignment God has over your life. I don't want to be below average. I don't want to be average. I want to be right there where God is working, where all the glory is. I want to be right in the middle of it. But the only way that's going to happen is through the anointing of God. Some of you here this morning, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. There's no promise for the baptism until after you've received Jesus Christ. You've been running away from God, rebelling against God. You've been living in sin, and today God is pricking your heart. He's cutting away at your heart, and He's telling you it's time for you to quit running. It's time for you to come to the cross and give your life to Jesus Christ. 
so your sins can be forgiven and you can have a home in heaven. Some of you need to surrender your life to Jesus Christ this morning. He's speaking to you right now. Will you say yes to him? Invite him into your life right now. Just declare that you are a sinner and just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead and the Bible says you'll be saved and now you repent of those sins and now you just begin to turn to him and follow him. Then there's a promise that says to all, the promise is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I want to take a survey before I let you go. How many of you in this place today want all of what God has for you? Lift your hand. Jesus has made a declaration that he has more for you. Jesus has more for you, and you're raising your hand that you want more. You want more. So that tells me that you want to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit. So what we're going to do is I just want you to open out your hands like this right here. Come on, friend. Just open up your hands. Come on. Just be reset. I want what God has for me. What? I'm not seeking tongues. I'm not seeking anything else. I'm just seeking you, Jesus. I'm seeking you, and I'm praying, Jesus, that you would just baptize me now with your Holy Spirit and fire, and I would be empowered. I'm just being receptive right now. I'm emptying myself. I'm emptying myself right now. Come on, friend. Just talk to Jesus. Right now where you are, talk to him. And just say, I'm emptying